You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it is time for Tech Fan number 461. I am Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen, all the way in Manchester, that is the United Kingdom. Hello, David. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And of course, I'm in China, if you can't tell by my accent. (laughs) Aren't we all in China, really? In some respects, yeah. So there's been a lot of stuff going on in the tech world, but a lot of it, it just isn't all that interesting lately, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of legal, a lot of bad-mouthing and ranting and just, don't do that, and why are you doing that, and we're not going to do that, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, companies weighing in on political matters, which is nothing new, uh, taking websites down. Um, it's It's just been a crazy time in tech, but... I don't know. None of it's really, hey, we need to talk about that on the show. Well, some of it you kind of don't want to talk about because it's being talked about so much elsewhere. Yeah, it gets um, boring after a while. Well, it, it's not that it's just boring. It's just like there's not really much more to say. I mean, I think many of these many of these things that get um, debated and discussed online and uh, in the tech press and everything are, are really kind of simple. And there's not much to say. Um, and a lot of the talk is just talk for the sake of talk. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and some pe- and and of course, everything now is also infected with this partisanship that that's infected so much of discussion and debate now, where a lot of people are making their points not on the basis of of the facts, but on the basis of what they feel or how how it how it suits their side. Um, and and there's no point debating that because that is those are things that people are re- refuse to be changed on. No yeah, when people are making medical decisions about. based on politics, yeah. the, the time for rationality has ended. Don't even talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, itself out. <laughs> yeah, somebody the other day started trying to get into a, a debate with me about, because um, I made the statement that just, you know, uh, was, uh, certain positions on vaccination were irrational. And they started trying, well, what about this? And quoting things like, and, I, and I, you know, um, quoting studies and i said i'm not interested in talking about this with you yeah yeah because you know you you will pull whatever that is the standard argument technique now which is if anybody counters one of your points you come up with something that counters their points with something completely different and join them together whether it makes sense or not i said said you've got your position you do you but you know I you I do you great you're you're the English now is doing the you do you thing, huh? We we apologize for well, that once like, again here in the U.S. We uh, yeah, may, may, uh, maybe that's just me. Maybe I maybe uh, I've corrupted due to you. things like this. Maybe I get exposed to too much American stuff. But uh, um, interesting enough, my daughter had her vaccination the other day, and she's twelve. So there you go. Yeah, Cole's been vaccinated. He's thirteen for quite yeah. a while now. But but they here here they have not they have not decided to vaccinate 12 to 15s yet um charlotte got it because we've got people in my house who are um immunodeficient so um that's why she had it but uh generally they're not doing it so here um you know on the last geeks pub and i hope you guys are uh subscribed to that show as well mm-hmm. and i still may in the future put you know uh, a geeks pub or a tech fan in each feed just uh kind of an advertising thing yeah but that being said uh i talked about i got an xbox series s 
Mm-hmm. It's the discless. <laughs> Got to be careful how you say yeah. that. Um, yeah. The dicks, discless. <laughs> See, I say it, and then I kind of, yeah. Um, it's the one that doesn't have a CD drive. Yeah, and it's the least of the... It's it's not as powerful as the, the other one. But you can't get it's the other one. I mean, it's it's virtually impossible. <laughs> yeah. And it's still more powerful than the old Xbox Ones. Um, and it's not even close, because I had an Xbox One, and it was the powerful one of those. But Cole wanted us to go get a new controller, because I only had one, and we can't play two-player games. He likes... A lot to play games against me, and there's sure. only so many split screen games nowadays. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, probably more than there used to be, but that's not saying a lot. Yeah, because they expect most people to play multiplayer each on their own console. Yeah, exactly. So we went to Best Buy yesterday, and actually kind of walked around the store and, and looked for stuff to maybe buy. Mm-hmm. The problem is. When I want something, I just go get it. And quite honestly, not a lot of things in tech in the last mm, few years have really excited me. You know, it's more evolution, not revolution. Yep. And I was even looking for a new case for my iPhone. I've got uh, an iPhone 12 Pro. The problem is uh, I got the blue one. So did Julie. I got the blue Apple leather case. Now, my phone before this was the 8 Plus. Yeah. And I had the uh, the red case on it. The phone was black, but I got the red case. It's and it's leather. And when it was wearing, it was looking really good. It looked better than when it was new. Yeah. I mean, just you know, leather's supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Not so much with this blue case. This blue case is looking like shit. I, you know what? I think that's be- probably because it's blue. I think blue is one of those colors the dye doesn't hold as well in yeah. the uh, in the leather. And um, I've had blue leather stuff before, and it, and when it wears, it looks awful. Yeah, uh, well, this but one I agree is. with you. Red, red, black, brown is the stuff that that kind of looks great when it's worn. Um, yeah. But anything else, I d- I don't think you know because I've had green stuff before as well. And that also looks terrible when it's when it's worn out. Yeah. It's uh, so I was even looking for a case there for my iPhone, and we didn't. I didn't find anything. It was funny. I went to uh, I think it was Best Buy's website. It might have been Amazon. Looking at the Xbox Series S, I hate saying it like that. You know um, what? Just an aside here before you move on. Yeah. yeah. Having after your discussion last week, having done more research than I care to admit on Xbox consoles, yep. yeah, the naming conventions since the 360 are dumb as hell. Oh, I've said that many times yeah. on the show. It's, there are it's five the or six. There are five or six different models in the Xbox yeah. One and the Xbox Series line, and when you're casually reading, trying to figure out which one is which is really, really difficult, and it's just stupid. It's just, it's really stupid. Yeah. Um... Was anyway, that on your you were end? saying no. Something just turned on here. Yep, it's probably your cat. Yeah, I'm sure your she cat, did something. Cat has gone into mischief mode. I heard. I heard. Yeah, I had it too. I had it too. Yeah, it was. Oh, like it's a the printer. The printer just turned itself on. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> and, a, and it made that noise when it did it, which is even more stupid. <laughs> I don't know how it turned itself on. It just all of a sudden the cat's not even anywhere near the printer. Did somebody try and print something? No, I'm the only one awake right now. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was self-cleaning, but I still don't know why it made that stupid wobbling noise. It, do, it does that when that printer boots up. 
stupid. It's a brother's. It works with um, AirPrint, so you can print yeah. from your iPhone. Yeah. Uh, it's I, sitting in another room behind me. But, yeah, but well, who wants a printer to tweet at you? Nobody. It's just like, yeah, exactly. That's annoying. Because um, you know when you've printed to it, so you don't need the printer to tell you it's printed. So I went and looked at these Xbox controllers before we actually yeah. went, because I was kind of curious on price, and they're anywhere from... Uh, Forty nine ninety nine to sixty five ninety nine, right? Sixty four ninety nine. I mean, wow, that's it's <laughs> kind of expensive for for yeah. a controller. But I knew I wanted to get an official one. I didn't want to get a third party one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll be honest with you, I think all three of the main video game manufacturers, Nintendo. Um, hold on, what are you doing? Where are you? Where the hell is she at? Listeners, I can hear her making noise. Listeners, we need to get together and organize a hit on that cat. And uh, so all three video game manufacturers make extremely good controllers. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think Nintendo's is quite as good as Microsoft or Sony. And I'm not sure if I like the Xbox controller more than the PS3, 4, 5, because they're all very similar. Yeah. But they both work extremely well. In fact, all three do. So I knew I wanted to get an official Xbox controller. If I'm going to spend the money, you know, the difference between a $30 controller and a $60 controller is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect the uh, $60 controller to, to feel good. And it does. It's, it's got this grippiness on the back that's yet it's smooth at the same time. It's kind of hard to explain. Mm-hmm. And it came, the Xbox came with a white one. So I wanted to let Cole pick out the one he wanted. Yeah. And I looked at them first, and they had this red camo one, and I was like, 100%, he's going to pick that one. Yeah. We get there. Yep, that's exactly. And of course, it's the most expensive one. It was sixty four ninety nine. That's okay. He he was he's he was jazzed about it. He was is, very excited. Is, is that one of these elite ones where you can take all the bits? No, uh-uh. no. Those are like no. a, those are like a hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't I don't understand. Maybe if I had one, I would go. Oh, okay, I get it. But yeah, I don't know. I think those are, those ones are aimed at PC people who like to mod everything. My uh, sinuses are killing me right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all kind of clogged up on the right side. Um, it's not so clogged. I feel like I'm breathing. <laughs> so that was uh, that was fun going out there and looking around and buying this. And I was surprised Cola kind of agreed with me. He was like, there's really nothing there worth looking at. Yeah, you know what? My, so obviously I've... Be, be, coming occasionally to the US I always head to a Best Buy when I'm over there um, and I, I've noticed over the years that Best Buy's increasingly become like that, I think they have too much stuff, they have too many different types of stuff, that means everything has been kind of squashed down into small sections, like for instance you, men, you mentioned iPhone cases I find when you go and look at the cases at Best Buy it's really disappointing because they have so few well, you the know, funny thing is, they 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 have like six lanes of iPhone or of cases, but there's so many different types of phones that each exactly. phone is only represented yeah. by a few. And it's like, now wait a minute. Now you know Samsung and Apple, at least here in the U.S., is eighty percent of the market. Yeah. Why so wouldn't what? you have eighty percent of your exactly. cases yeah. represent those brands? Instead, you'll find cases for LG and Sony. Yeah, and, and you're like, like nobody's <laughs> buying these. What are you doing? 
yeah because yeah it's like it's like you'd expect those to be the one or two no they have the same same number of huawei cases as they have iphone yeah. cases it's just like the, really. the video game aisles were both not really big kind of short and there was three of them but each one is dedicated to xbox sony and nintendo yeah and um you know, I didn't even look at the the new Xbox games because there's no point. I don't have a disc drive in this thing. So yeah. if I see one that I want, I'm going to have to download it. Yep. But yep. I, I don't really need to buy any games because I've got that Xbox. You've got the Game Pass, yeah. Yeah, so I just download all kinds of games on it. So, yeah, so I, I did some, uh, after jumping to some fairly big conclusions in my discussion with you last time, I did some research and found that I can't do any of the things I would want to do with an Xbox One, Xbox Series S. So I wouldn't be able to, there's no way for me to play any 360 game on it. Even if I took the drive out of my old 360, I'd have to take it through an Xbox One. And even then, the all the all the games That's that not I true. have... Yeah, well, all the games that I have are disc games and therefore they would have to validate with the disc before they would play even in backward compatibility mode and that's not going to happen on an s even if i could migrate the drive in but a whole bunch of those games are accessible through game pass a lot yeah, of yeah. them yeah no a lot of them yeah but you don't know how many games i have and you know a lot of them aren't <laughs> put it that uh, way okay. yeah if they're on the game pass because i have game pass so I you need the a series x then i would need i would need a series x if i was going to do that which, as you say, we can't buy them. And um, I probably would not... We're having Game Pass. I probably would not be inclined to spring for the Series X just for the, the disc so I could play those old So why not then, then just get a Series S? Uh, I probably will at some point. Um, but I'm not going to do it now because um, the, the downsides of the Series S is I've got to, obviously I've got to find TV space for it. I mean, it's 299 bucks. I mean, I, I know that's, that, a, that's a hell of a deal. It really it is, is. It, it sure is. You know, um, but, but I, I also have my gaming PC and uh, at the moment yeah. I'm playing on that. So it, it would just be another thing. And I'm really trying to downsize rather than upsize at the moment. So. I've, uh, you know, the games that we played yesterday was uh, Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. And uh, we did head on, you know, your, I, I think I was, oh, I think I was either, I think I was Maul and Darth Vader a couple different times, and he was always Obi-Wan Kenobi from uh, the younger yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And he won those games. Um, and then we did the co-op one, where it's still split screen, one on top, one on the bottom. I don't know why I'm always on the bottom. Uh, and occasionally, because I'm old, I'll start looking at the top screen and go, why isn't my guy doing, going where I'm, oh, that's mm-hmm. not me, duh. And my guy in yeah. the meantime is circling a tree getting shot. Um, that was fun because, you know, it, it's 15 waves, basically. And you got to hold off the stormtroopers and kill them off. And um, I picked a different gun than Cole did. And then TIE fighters show up. And his gun was just not effective against TIE fighters swooping down at you. But mine was. Right. So he wasn't happy about that. So the next time he died... He picked the next gun so he can blast yeah. the TIE fighters. I, he'd I'd be si- he'd yeah. be sitting next to me going, Dad, there's a TIE fighter coming after me. <laughs> I mean, well, go is, left, go left. I got that, him. Boom. That is co-op. You know, that, that, that is, was co-op is, and it was fun. And isn't that what you're meant to do with co-op games yeah, exactly. where you have different classes yeah. and you rely on your other guys to do things You know, he's you. sitting right next to me. Yeah. Um, you know, telling me he's going to go left and... You know, I'm saying, all right, no, go right because you'll bring the Tie Fighter right in right in front of me. I'll be able to blast it, and he's. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Those I can only play game. for about 20 minutes, yeah. and then I have to stop for a while. 
those Battlefront games have never really appealed to me because whenever I see them or tried playing them, it just seems to be it's so chaotic. obvious that yeah, it's not but not these chaotic. It's chaos really without any purpose. It, it just seems to be ra- like random chaos, like computer generated random chaos. There's loads of guys just running around shooting everywhere, but it doesn't seem to have any. Um, purpose to it and, well, it, and it, i don't it, it, i don't like me, the regular it, battlefront games be, or you know the the non-star wars ones because i don't know who these characters are i can't tell who's on whose team it's all yeah yeah but, there's but the all star of that wars as well. ones it's it's very obvious but but also what always seems obvious to me in battlefront is it's the the way the game plays it's so obvious that basically all the intelligence is focused around where you are and everything else is kind of like window dressing mm-hmm. and to me it kind of sticks out like that um, it tries to make you think you're in the middle of a big battle and you're just concentrating your bit, but it's so obvious that the stuff going on in the background is completely irrelevant. Um, and I, I, I just feel it, it really takes me out of the experience, especially as well when you get five guys all Darth Vader kind of wandering around the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it just doesn't do it to me. Now, I have been playing um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. I started uh, that game and I got to the point where he's on the train. Yeah. And I haven't gone back to it. All right. Okay. Well, I've played a little bit past that, and I think that's a great game. Mm-hmm. I, I really, And to me, that's far more Star Wars than Battlefront is. Oh, I agree um, with you. Yeah. You know, uh, there's it, no question. Yeah. Um, it's it's really, really fun, and, you know, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's a little bit, I think, it's, I guess it's a little bit like Uncharted or... Well, what's a, the other Star you know, Wars game with the... Uh, the Force... The, the Force... Uh, um, it's not the force awakens that's what i'm trying to say but not that's yeah. not right the, um i got uh, a uh, false apprentice or yeah. you know the one i mean yeah, yeah. you're darth darth uh, darth vader's apprentice yeah. yeah have you played those yeah those right. i think are some of the best star wars games i've ever but played this yeah but fallen order as you get into it and you get more jedi powers plays plays very much like that as well yeah so i just haven't um, got back into it i yeah you know i i don't know it's one of those things that it's like yeah eventually i'll play it again but Force Instead, I'll just play another couple rounds of Pac-Man and then, you know, get back That's to work. Right. Yeah. Um, let's jump into some new stuff here. Okay. Um, is it Huawei? Yep. Huawei. Uh, Huawei. Yes. Accused of pressuring U.S. firms into installing a data backdoor. Um, but there's no evidence of data theft so far. Uh, he, you know... I, I never, very few things I agreed with Trump, mm-hmm. but when he kind of put the squeeze on this company and started banning them, you know, at first I was like, eh, I don't know about that. But the more I looked into Hawaii, Hawaii, whatever, however you say it. Huawei. Uh, Hawaii. Ha- ha- highway? Um, who, who are way? Hawaii? Hawaii? Let's go to Hawaii. Um, they, they need, need banning just because you can, can't pronounce the name. Let's face it. How can you trust the company whose name you can't pronounce? That's right. Yeah. Um, the more I've looked into this and the more reports that I've read about this company from credible sources, and this is just the latest on Engadget, um, I don't know. I, I don't think I do trust this company. The que- the, this is the thing. The question, the the problem, I think, from Huawei's perspective, is all the stuff they've been accused of, and it's a lot. It's this they've been accused of um, 
putting stuff into 5G networks that they can then infiltrate data from. There was that whole business about um, the Bloomberg thing a couple of years ago about, I don't know when that was Huawei, but somebody was, the, all the Chinese companies were installing little secret spy chips on all the servers. The problem with all of these stories is that they never pan out with any real evidence. And Huawei, I think quite rightly from their point of view, say, look, Yes, we might be owned by the Chinese government, but we're not doing any of these things. The difficulty is is you, it's very difficult to prove a negative, and also it's about trust. People generally don't trust the Chinese government and Huawei by proxy not to do these things in the future, yeah. even if they're not doing them at the moment. Yeah, um, and I think and, that's a lot of it too. I, I Do you trust the Chinese government? I don't at all. Well, it, quite clearly, the Chinese government, like all governments, has political and um and uh, espionage activities that it decides it needs to carry out for its own national security and it will do that wherever and whenever it wants to just in the same way that, that we do here in the uk and the us does and everything the difference is is that <laughs> you know I, and, and again i have some sympathy with this position is that chinese companies say well hang on a minute Company, uh, the CIA and the FBI do this all the time. MI5 and MI6 do this all the time. Um, and nobody's castigating companies from those countries for doing this. And yet when, we, yet when we're doing it under the instruction of our state, uh, we're being told that we can't, we can't be allowed to trade in the West. It's, there is a little bit of a double standard here. Having said that, I think you're right to, to be suspicious of Huawei. There is a wider point, though, which is that everything we use, pretty much every piece of electronics sat on my desk in front of me, was manufactured in China, right? For different companies, but a lot of it was manufactured in China, and some of it by Chinese companies. I've got a little Novo device here. And the problem is, is where do you stop your level of trust? If you go for after Huawei, why do we let then allow all of our electronics to be manufactured in a country... Keep going, David. ...where, uh, where we know the government has designs on our information on our designs uh, on what we do and you would argue that perhaps it might be more successful for them to modify or install stuff into our equipment as it's being manufactured in china and then sent to the us or the uk or wherever than it would be to um try and get their state-sponsored well-understood chinese company uh, invested and, and used in the in the uk and the us and and europe and anywhere else um, it seems to me that in one respect, uh, banning Huawei or being suspicious of Huawei is seems like an obvious move to do to try and protect ourselves. But if you then force the Chinese, if they're going to go and do this stuff, to basically infiltrate your Apple iPhone or your Samsung phone um, that's been manufactured in China and you've got no visibility of it, um, that that's probably a worse situation. At least with Huawei, it's like the devil you know rather than the devil you don't. So I'm really, I'm really kind of split on this issue, but I am concerned about due process, and it, it does really bother me that for all these things that Huawei have been accused of, there's never been a single shred of evidence produced that they actually have done it. Um, and I think if you want to uphold the, uh, the, the style of Western democracy that we all cling to and say how good it is and everything, then you've got to give everyone justice, including a Chinese company, which means if they're accused of these things, you've got to show that they've, they've done it. Otherwise, you need to back off. Yeah. You, can't just, you can't just ban them summarily because, hey, they're Chinese, especially when everything we buy comes from China anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, 
They better hope I mean, they the, never actually get caught doing anything because it, it, it will well, destroy yeah, look, that company. I think if they're caught doing something, that's a very different matter. But yep. again, here in the web, in this lawsuit, it's an accusation made by the people who filed the lawsuit. Um, and you can't, you you know, the problem is with with stuff filed in a lawsuit, it's a case of, well, are you going to try and allege it or are you going to imply it? Until it, until the lawsuit actually happens and the start and the, the stuff is analysed in court, you don't know whether there's any evidence of this or not, or it's just a way to try and juice the lawsuit up for a settlement. Yeah. So speaking of lawsuits, yep. Apple's in court all the time. I mean, it, it's that's the way business is now, nowadays. Um. And one of the things they just changed and. A lot of people are saying it's because of the lawsuits, and I agree. Uh, Apple will let video and music apps link to other payment options. So what that means, you go and you download the Netflix app. You've never used Netflix before. Oh, this is cool. How do I subscribe? Well, up until now, you'd have to go on a computer or you know, fire up a browser in your phone and go to the Netflix site and set up your payment options and subscribe and all that, and then go back to the app and sign into the app, and then you can yeah. use it. It's worse than that, though, because at the moment, Netflix are not allowed to actually tell you to do that. They just, the only thing they up have, until now. have is a login button. Up, yeah. up until now. Yeah. Um, and it was disgusting behavior. It's like, wait a minute. Um, I get that, you know, Apple wants to control their ecosystem and stuff, but you're letting this app that plays videos or music and or books live on the store but i can't subscribe to it or pay in the app itself well you well that's the thing you can as but they get 30 percent. you have to use apple's payment systems right. and if you use apple's payment systems then they get 30 percent cut or or a, a percentage cut because it now varies. And I think for Netflix, it will be less than 30%. But you have to pay a cut of the transaction, every transaction to Apple. And many companies have not been willing to do that because they feel it's a, it's a cash grab. Right. And so. in Netflix's defense in this, I would say that Netflix was already Netflix before the iPhone came out. Yeah. Um, but now they will let you link from the app to a web page that the, you can do payments and stuff like that, yeah. which is step in the right direction, except not games. Yeah, um, that's right. Because, well, okay. So, so here's the nuance behind this, and here's Apple's defense of this. Okay, Apple says the reason they want our, their customers to use in-app purchase through Apple is because that means that Apple can present to you all of your subscriptions so you know what you're paying, what you're not paying. You can cancel easily um, by just going into your iTunes or your um, App Store settings, selecting subscription and say cancel. And therefore, you can't be, or you're less likely to be duped into on paying ongoing for a subscription that you don't want. And also, and we've all experienced this, yeah, where you go to cancel something and they... <laughs> Whereas it's very easy to sign up, the the place you go to cancel is really, really obscure or doesn't exist or you have to call them or you have to write to them by letter. I've had places where they insist on writing to to them with a letter and a stamp before they'll consider cancelling. Or they'll put you through to somebody, you have to call them and there's somebody whose express job is there to try and talk you out of cancelling. So 
I understand Apple's position as saying, well, if you do everything through our ecosystem, you don't have to deal with all of that. You can um, cancel any time you want, and it's much better for the user. The problem is the companies do not want to pay the 30% and or the, the percentage. And therefore, Apple has been in this kind of catch-22, which they've tried to enforce by making it as difficult as possible for people to not use their own payment systems to, because for, the, for this reasoning. So this is why they've insisted that you can't even tell anybody about it in your um, in your app. You can't tell, Netflix can't tell, up until now, has not even been able to say to you, well, you can't subscribe here, but if you want to sign up, this is where you go. Um, and they cert- what they certainly can't do, and it still remains to be seen whether they will let you actually sign up using a web page in the app or whether it will just literally still tell you, you need to go to the web to do this. I don't even know whether the whether any links in the app will actually hot link out to Safari yes. on an iPhone or yes, not. Yes, it will. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. So that that's an improvement. But this is this is this has actually come from the Japanese Federal Trade Commission. So this is this is government regulation basically being applied here. Um, who are, who have rightly said that they feel it's anti competitive. Well, actually, it hasn't gone into effect yet. By the way, no. But this is this is a proposal yeah. um, to settle and. and Japan has said that if this is implemented, then they will drop all of their anti-competitive actions against Apple. So this is this is market regulation at work, and this is a good thing. There's one real problem I have with this, right? First of all, this came out as people were talking about a supposed other compromise that Apple made that actually was nothing of a sort, was completely misreported, which was this developer lawsuit, class action lawsuit. And um, it was all reported that Apple had made concessions there, when in fact they hadn't, because they were winning the lawsuit. They just settled it to avoid having their dirty laundry aired in public again. Um, And all they did was clarify something that was already in the rules. That uh, basically they said, oh, if you have customers' email addresses, you're allowed to email them and tell them about third-party payment. It's like, yeah, but the whole point was Apple wouldn't let you collect customer email addresses in the app. So that that was a that was a nothing, and it was all it was all reported as you know here's regulatory pressure working, which it wasn't. This is regulatory pressure, and this is working. And what bothers me about this is that, I you know Apple is still fighting everything of this tooth and nail, and I don't get it. They surely must see... They, they are looking like big corporate dicks over this, um, and, and their reluctance to make any changes is just making them r- look terrible, um, and it, it's really, really harming their reputation. And they're now seeing the backlash of it. A lot of that negative publicity over the CSAM stuff they did a few weeks ago that they're now backtracking on. Yeah, part of that has become everybody is now geared up to kind of go in with app on Apple with sticks and beat them up at any anything they do because they've got this attitude, this attitude, and this um, impression people have that Apple is a big arrogant company that won't back down on anything. You know what? And that 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 impression is completely right because that is how they're behaving. I don't understand and, Apple's rationale here. Uh, I I think it's it's a case of. Uh, you know, let's push away as hard. I, I presume it's arrogance. It's like we're Apple. We're one of the biggest company. We are no, the biggest I company mean, in the world. I and, mean, and, the difference between an ebook, a movie, a TV show, music, and a game. Uh, it, well, it doesn't make any sense because Apple says, "Well, this is about safety and all the bull." Um, and they're saying this is uh, it's developers for reader apps 
do not offer in-app digital goods or yeah this is what apple says yeah uh developers of reader apps do not offer in-app digital goods and services for purchase yes they do yes they do because i can buy music on amazon i can buy a movie but the reality tim is that they know full well that if they open the floodgates to third-party payment processing for games right which Mm -hmm. are many of them are the scammiest scummiest apps going for trying to extort money out of their users they know that if they they move on that that their users will get ripped off and then it will be stories in the press that apple allows users to get rid of we've already seen these these stories loads and loads of times you know back in the early days of the app store you know uh, apple allows six-year-olds to run up a twenty thousand dollar bill yeah it's going to be the same problem again and that's what they're trying to avoid um now you could argue that um as well that they make most of their um percentage money on in-app purchase on games so there's a financial incentive not to to lose that as well but i suspect while they really like the money and the money suits wall street and their share price and everything like that i suspect one of their big concerns is them losing control of in-app purchase in the ice in the uh, app store for games and in fact it turning into even more of a cesspool than it already is in terms of ripping people off it, it would know. be i would be more moved by that if it like you said it wasn't already a cesspool if it if if those things didn't already exist in games that you could download for free and then uh these developers make these apps that are very appealing to young children and apple to somewhat to their credit has tried to curtail some of it by you know uh family data plans and you you know the kid wants to buy something they have to get permission that that will help yeah but how does family plans work work if you have third-party payments it doesn't that's the problem is it breaks it yeah, but you know, okay, if, so my kid's using the Amazon app and he wanted to watch the new Spider-Man movie. He doesn't realize that you can't stream it on Amazon. You have to buy it. He doesn't realize that. He clicks the link, he goes there, and he sees a button, he clicks it, and all of a sudden, yeah, I just got charged $20 for a movie. Yeah. So how is yeah. that any different? Well, that that's not different. You can't do that on the Amazon app. Well, that's an example. I come out with ABC Video, put it up on the, on uh, it streams a couple publicly, blah blah blah. But it has a link because it's a reader yeah. app to buy this movie. No, I, I I don't I don't think it works like that. I think if you tried to do that today and you had third party today, yes, but come yeah, next but, year, no, but up, up until no, up, what you're talking about next year after this rule has come in, yeah, yeah. So, but the the point is is to to you, the reader app will not let you subscribe in the app it will Correct. still have you to go out to a website so somebody needs to feed a credit card number in to to enable that to happen yeah so at that point you have a, you have a certain delegation of responsibility yeah the problem is is what what um apple doesn't want to do is have that happen inside games where it's frankly it's far more easy to um to get people to buy things no it's don't the same they're it's exactly the same David, because the if same. i'm in games and i want to buy 50 gems right in the existing system i try to buy them in game and it won't let me or it will let me um with the new system if i click that i want to install this option for this game that i downloaded 
it's going to take me to a website, which again, like you just said, is going to require a credit card. I don't see how games are any different from a reader perspective. If it's I, taking I you out of the game itself, go, taking you to, to the website, yeah. and but it's going to require a credit card. Yeah, but if you are if you are browsing through a list of items such as movies or books, I think that the experience is such that most people recognise that when they click on one of those and it doesn't play straight away, that there may be a purchase required because that's got a real world analog. But buying, you know, twenty spondulics for your goblin in a game doesn't necessarily equate to that. And not only that, the games are designed to make sure that, you, that, you know what, this game is hard, but if you have 20 Spondulix, it becomes a lot easier. Um, and then the next level, if you've got your 20 Spondulix, it's going to be easier as well. They're designed to try and get you to buy those things on a regular basis and not right, realize but, because but they're not if it's a because link, they aren't. But if it's a link out, goods. it's harder to buy that than it is if it's in-app. That's inherently yeah, but, much more yeah, difficult yeah but the the link the link is not to buy the thing the link yes, is, it is to set up the account it's only to set up the account it right? doesn't say and that it no well that that's exactly what it's for well then it takes you this game takes you to a link to set up an account which requires money and then it downloads yeah, these well, it things for be, you. It won't be, but that's the point. You won't be able to do that because games are not reader apps, and that's why Apple doesn't want to allow you to do that. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. If it's if it's a link going somewhere else for payment information to set up an account that takes a credit card, how is that yeah. any different for a game or a subscription to Netflix? Because I've just explained to you that the things you're buying in the game don't equate to real world so therefore you don't realize how much you're spending if you buy that doesn't make books, any sense to me at all no, i'm sorry it does if you buy five books on amazon you know you've bought five things and you have them and you can see them and you can read them right the problem with your 20 spondulix it's some sort of ephemeral thing that means nothing doesn't relate to anything in the real world it deliberately is made not to re relate to anything in the real world. And then as soon as you've bought them, the game consumes them, so they disappear. So you've got no record you ever had them in the first place. So that is a, that is a mechanism to just basically squeeze money out of people. It's just like buying chips in a casino, right? They are a, they are a, a proxy for cash that are designed to look as little like cash as possible to encourage you to spend more. They are not... This is that's the difference. They are not a movie or a video or a video game or a uh, you know a tangible thing that you can in your mind mentally model as like, this is a thing that I now own, even though you've only bought a license to it, right? And you can't then go to a uh, a website, a, a database that lists all the things that you purchased and what you got for that money, right? You can't do that with these tokens in these games, and that's why Apple is saying the games are different. Now mm. you cannot you can sympathize with that view or not, but the point is as I kind of even though it's it's still making them money, I kind of agree with Apple that if they were to allow that to happen for games as well as these reader apps, that we would all have a worse experience, and the the app store would basically descend more into the kind of cesspool that you see on the Google side of things. Mm. You know, even even as bad as it is today, and get me wrong, it's bad. And what I'd like to see Apple do when they make some of these changes is say, right, we're now going to take a percentage of our profits from the app store and invest it in the app store to make it better. Because at the moment it's not very good at all. Mm. I, I, you know, my biggest problem with the app store right now is, um, 
that Apple's allowed ads in there. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. I, I have a lot of fundamental problems with a lot of the things Apple do at the moment. Uh, and I, I've got to be honest, it's really turning me off from Apple as a company. They have become what they always claimed they were the opposite of, where they become a massive, arrogant corporate who likes to throw its rate around and tell people what, what to do and tell people, you know what, you know what to do? You should do this because we know best. I don't like it anymore. I've, you know, it, it was it was kind of cute when they were in the under, underdog, you know, but unfortunately they've become arrogant. They've made a lot of wrong decisions over the years. And then they, they kind of dress it up with, with some of the stuff which makes sense and some stuff which really is so thin as as to be virtually transparent. Um, and I, I really don't like it. I've, I've kind of had enough of it. I love their products still. Um, you know, I, I use my iPhone and my iPad all the time. But um, a lot of their other stuff I'm, I'm far less interested in now. Yeah. Um, and part of it is because of their corporate attitude. Well, I, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Let's move on to a different story here. Sure. And this is a uh, first-hand experience. So as I've mentioned on the show before, um, I'm a uh, Amazon Vine person. And what that means for those uninitiated is um, Amazon offers me products for that I can do a review on and I can keep the products and uh, it's a ongoing list so I just went to that page and you know they have a curated list of things they think I would like to review some of it I don't want to like there's a paper towel holder under cabinet wall mount yeah it's probably you know a wireless solar powered outdoor security camera it's kind of cool um, so that it's hit or miss well, something came up that I thought looked pretty cool. I wanted to try it. I don't want it necessarily in my car, and I'll explain why in a minute. But uh, it's um, it's a company called Autocast. A-T-T-O-C-A-S-T. Autocast. Kind of sounds like auto, like an automobile, but it's Autocast. And it is a uh, CarPlay wireless adapter for factory wired CarPlay cars. So what this means is if you have a uh, built-in Apple CarPlay in your car, um, you got to, you know, physically plug your iPhone into the car and then you can use Apple CarPlay. Well, some of the newer vehicles coming out has wireless Apple CarPlay, which means as soon as it connects to the car, Apple CarPlay pops up and, um, I always thought it was just Bluetooth in in these uh, secondary products. It's not. It's it's five gigahertz Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And so I was kind of curious. It cost 115 bucks, and um, might as well give it a shot, right? Now I don't have a factory Apple CarPlay system in my Sequoia. Obviously, it's a Pioneer head unit, um, but I bought this. Well, I got it for free, I should say. Yeah. I got this, and I used it in my vehicle, and it worked. It actually worked. Now, I will say I'm not going to use it because I always plug my phone in because I've got a 35-minute drive both ways. And it's just a good time, especially after work, for me to start charging up my phone. Yeah. Um, but that being said, so I gave it to a coworker to use, and she's got a 2019 RAV4 with Apple CarPlay. And uh -huh. she always wished she had wireless Apple CarPlay. 
So I tried it and then she put it in her car and she's been using it for a couple weeks now. Now, Donnie Yankelo about a year and a half ago posted a video at mymac.com on a unit very similar to this and it was hit or miss. So I was a little bit dubious about this from secondhand experience, having both talked to Donnie and, and over the phone about this product and reading his review. I think they finally cracked this nut. This thing actually works, man. It's really easy to connect. When you first plug it in, you get this weird screen that you're not used to seeing on Apple CarPlay at all. Right. And it, you know, it, it shows you how to connect. And you just click a button on your phone and on that, boom, it's done. Apple CarPlay launches and it's your phone. And it works. You can stream. You can every, it's, every, it's just Apple CarPlay, just like if you're plugged in, except your phone's in your pocket. And it remembers the last phone that was connected so you don't have to you know, go through that rigmarole every time you get yeah. in the car. Now, and it just works. So have you noticed an effect on battery life of your phone by using this? I did not. Um, and that, that was one of the questions I asked her. Her name's Julia. Uh, I asked Julia that question, is it draining your phone? And she says, well, my drive's about 10 minutes, so I didn't notice anything. My drive is 35 minutes, and I didn't notice anything either. Okay. Now, if you've got an older phone, maybe it will drain a little bit more, but I don't have an older iPhone to test it with. Um, but she said, my, my bigger question is, is there any delay? Yeah. Because when I click something, I hit pause, uh, I launch a GPS, I do any of those things. If there's a delay, because it's wireless, I'm less likely to think this is a great product. Yeah. And she said, there may be a delay. And I asked for clarifications. <laughs> and she says, every now and then I'll push a button and it doesn't seem to do anything until I push it again. And I, right. But I don't know if I push the button right or I just, you know, I, I missed or I said, was, did that happen in, you know, at all when you physically plugged your phone in? She goes, yes, occasionally it would then too. So, you know, maybe there is a slight delay, but if you're just listening to music and you hit next and it takes an extra one second to get to that next song, I don't think that, you know, that's too much yeah. of a negative. Yeah, is for me, it'd be less the music stuff and it'd be more like the other apps that you use with CarPlay, like Waze and things like that. It and she said that like... was super smooth. Um, yeah. But let's be honest, Waze is one of those things that it doesn't need microsecond updating, you know? Yeah. It, it gives you enough notification, you know, where you are that I, I don't think that's an issue. Yeah, the traffic routing, though, which is the thing for Waze for me. I mean, the, the great thing about Waze is because everyone using it is reporting their traffic info for their journeys back. It's very good at routing you around traffic. And if there was a delay on that and you miss a junction. No, no, no. She's talking off. like a one second delay on okay. um, when you push a button on the screen. Right. Okay. Not the data coming in. There's yeah. no delay on that. Okay. The, I, I guess the only thing that will worry me about a product like this is that iOS 15, 16 comes out. CarPlay's updated and it stops working. Uh, it shouldn't in that it's well, Car- just acting like it's the car stereo as far as your phone is concerned. Well, well, yeah, but yeah, but the to the CarPlay chips inside the CarPlay system inside the car, yeah, is gonna is gonna uh, it's projecting CarPlay from the phone. Correct. Right. So if CarPlay from the phone changes and starts sending stuff that this device can't understand. Then, I, that shouldn't be an issue at all because um, 
I'm that sure means the one in, built into the car would not work either. No, I, well, I, I think that the problem is is that it's taking it's taking something. There must be some translation. It's taking something wireless from the phone, and then it's translating it to something that then goes through the cable to the car. Yeah, but it they've already got me, wireless CarPlay in automobiles, and it's using the same technology. So I don't think that that's a concern at all. Okay. Because right. Apple's not going to break a whole bunch of factory OEM head units with the next version of Apple CarPlay, you know, that that would not be that would not go over well. The whole point of Apple CarPlay and Google Audio or um, Android Auto is that it's backwards compatible. You have this in your car, your technology moving forward is phone based rather than OEM automotive based, which let's be honest is going to be better. The stuff on your phone is way better than the stuff built into the car. It just is. Yeah. And it's updated on a constant basis. And if you get a newer phone, it's even faster and more responsive on your car screen. This just acts, as far as the the phone's concerned, it's connecting to a car called AutoCast. Yeah. And then on the screen, when you first set it up, you get this AutoCast kind of splash screen that all you're doing is connecting to your car. Yeah. I'd Once still, it's connected, you're done. I still worry about it because I suspect it's more complicated than the simple system you presented there who knows what's encryption or or uh, translation whatever's going on i i would still be worried they might stop working at some point but i guess as long as the company that makes for it 120 still, bucks who cares yeah 120 dollars is not um, we're talking about with phones that cost 1200 to 2000 dollars mm. in a vehicle that you spent a minimum of 20 grand for yeah got to be honest i'm kind of tempted to they, they have them here in the uk the same same model so yep. i am i'm kind of tempted because now they have a lot of different models because it says it works with different cars which is kind of confusing to me because okay if if it's not compatible with say mazda but toyota what's the difference yeah because at the end of the day this thing is acting like a head unit for a connection to your phone and it's just translating it through usb so I don't understand why it wouldn't be compatible with everything, which is why I wanted to try it with a third-party head unit like my Pioneer first. Yeah. And it just worked. No problems at all. I was worried that it was going to feel janky, you know. Um, my, my biggest issue with it is I've got this little black thing sitting on my dash forever now. You yeah. know. But yeah. yeah. Well, but having said that, in so, like for instance, in my wife's car, um, I, know, I don't know whether hers actually has CarPlay. Um, what year is it? It's a 2018 Yaris. Probably not. No. Yeah. In fact, I know it doesn't. Yeah. So, but but the thing is, she uses she uses a cable the phone all the time, uh, and the cable is kind of because the, there's not a lot of room in the Yaris dash. The cable is always kind of getting in the way. Yeah. Fouled around the gear stick and something like that. So, if you were to switch to something like this. Um, assuming it was a CarPlay car, which I presume the later Yaris's are, um, you are, you only have that black box coming out the dash uh, and not a long cable. So, uh, you know, that would... That well, and you can, you can kind of route the cable. You could probably, like, Velcro this thing on the side of the dash out of the way. Yeah. And just the one cable that's never unplugged from the USB port. And, that's right, you know, yeah. it, It's just a much cleaner... That's kind of what I was interested in it for, for exactly that. I can yeah. use a small cable, plug it in, you know, Velcro it to the side of the dash, you know, on the passenger side. I don't even see it. Just yeah. the one cable sneaking around and plugging in, and that's it. 
See, my car, there's a, the USB is right above a, a like kind of a, a, a hole in the dash where you can store things yeah. behind the cup holder. So uh, I, could, I could actually stick it in there and um, and then it would be out of the way and it would be in a, like a black recess. I probably wouldn't even notice it. I'm I'm tempted to buy one. I really am. On the, ba- on the back of your review, they've got them here on Amazon, exactly the same model, the, model, the Ottercast. Now, it, is your car listed as compatible? It is, yeah. All Mazda's 2016 to 2020. So this would be something that I would definitely recommend from simply my own brief time with it. And then Julia's at work a couple weeks now. And I asked her um, Thursday, I think, hey, is the uh, wireless Apple CarPlay thing still working great? And she goes, oh, my God, I love it. I said, really? She goes, oh, it's so much better. I just get in the car and it just works. I don't have to plug my phone in and then sometimes i'll forget to unplug my phone and i gotta go back outside grab my phone i just don't even take my phone out it just boop it's there and i start using it i said how's gps because she had gone up north with it and she said uh it's great it's just like if i plug in my phone there's no difference and that's i said what what, you were talking about a delay the first time and she said she didn't really notice anything um again every now and then she feels like maybe she didn't push the button but other than that if she's used the steering wheel controls, you know, to go up and down her playlist, there was no, and there was never a delay. So, so the, yeah. So <clears> the only the only downside is, as you say, if you need to charge your phone, you've got to find somewhere else. You got to charge plug your phone it in now. somewhere else. Uh, I mean, my car has two USB ports. It has one in the, um, it has one in the, uh, like in the kind of the, the the kind of the armrest in the yep. middle between the two. So, I don't know if I plug my phone in there, whether it will also try to wire CarPlay to the car. I've never no, tried it that won't. before. That's a right. uh, charge only power port. Only, yeah. yeah. Okay. So in which I'll, case, so for you, I would say um, plug in a MagSafe, uh, you know, one of the wireless charging disc things, plug yeah. that into the one in the head, in the arm thing, yeah, and just have that coming out. And then you just set your phone yeah. on top of that every time you want to charge your phone. Yeah, my phone, my current phone doesn't have MagSafe, um, but my next one will. But oh, having said that, the next one will have a stronger battery, so I probably won't need to charge it in the car as much. That is true as well. Plus, you know, I, most people don't have a 35, well, over an hour drive every day like I do. Yeah. Um, but quite honestly, I, I could have kept this and used it because I have a MagSafe sitting at work, so when I'm sitting there for hours at a time sometimes i'll just set my phone on top of that and it's charging yeah and when i get home it immediately goes on to the charger here so my phone is never just laying around somewhere where's my phone i don't know where i put my phone i know exactly where my phone is it's either in my pocket while i'm working or it's on the charger yeah now what sucks is when i go down to get coffee and i realize i left my phone sitting on the charger uh, and i can't browse the internet while waiting for the coffee machine to grind through another yeah that's why even when i'm at home i tend to have my phone in my pocket yeah. I only tend to plug it into a charger when I think about it. Um, I also talked about on the last uh, Geeks Pub, uh, I put a new remote starter on the Sequoia. Mm-hmm. And so you guys got to listen to that to get the, the good stuff on that. And then I can actually start my phone through my cell phone now. Start your car. So start my car through yeah. my cell phone. So in days past, I would have to stick my head out halfway down the building out of a door, uh, line of sight, and start my car that way with my key fob. Um, now I could be sitting at home and I could start my car in London if I wanted to. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's, connected stuff is amazing. We just we're just getting quotes for a new for air conditioning. 
mm-hmm. which is quite unusual for UK houses. Most UK houses don't. Yeah. But you know what? It's getting hot here, and this house is extremely well insulated. It's really bad in the summer. Yeah. Um, and we easy. asked. Yeah, and we asked about. Uh, so we're going to have probably four or five um, units in in each of the rooms, and then a single kind of condenser cooler thing outside on the wall somewhere. Um, and we asked about whether you get remote controls for those. Uh, and whether you can do timers and that sort of thing, and the guy said he said they're all they're all, they're all um, do they, they, it all works through your phone now. Yeah, and you can set the timers and you can integrate it with Alexa and all of that sort of thing. So you can you can basically just do it all on your phone, right? And we thought, oh great, that sounds exactly what we want. You know, it's amazing uh, how far. See, if you if you haven't been shopping for these things, you don't realize you know how how far it's come. I said this, you know, I said this to my mum yesterday. She's um, you know, because she's not been well, she's spending more time at home in bed. Yeah. And she was saying that, that she doesn't like the TV in her in her bedroom. That You know, it's clunky, it's slow, things crash. And so I said, well, just buy a new one. I said, that, you know, you're only, you only want a, an entry-level model. You're looking at £200. And I said, we did this recently. We put a new... Our one broke in our bedroom. It, it just... The screen just died. So we got a new one. And... It, again, it was about five years old. The step forward in the internals of these TVs in those five years is like night and day. This well, new one we've got is so much better this, than the old one. By the one way, we had. just buy your mom a TV, David. Um, oh, don't worry, I will. Yeah. Um, that brings us to our feedback this week from John Nemirovsky. Uh This is a couple weeks old, but he um, he says. Uh, TV wrote, Miss Nemo wants a new TV because we are stuck inside and can't go to the real movies. Sony is highly recommended, $1,000 for a 49-inch, I think. But people hate the remote. You hate all remotes. She needs an easy, easy, easy doofus remote to operate it by herself. What's the solution? Different TV or purchase remote? Thanks much. John Nemo. John, don't get the Sony. Um... (laughs) There was a time where if you spent that much money for a TV, it is worth $1,000. That is no longer the case. No. Um, that's number one. Number two, uh, a 49-inch TV shouldn't cost you more nowadays than 400 bucks, maybe five. Tops. That's number two. Number three, get one that has Roku built in. Yeah way way easier to use a, the the remote for the roku is just as simple as you can get um you could change the name of different inputs you can download apps so if you use netflix for instance you can download it's probably already installed to be honest yeah uh the netflix app you sign in one time and then it just works flawlessly after that if like me and david you use plex you can download the plex unit or app and stream your own content from you know your network um Um, roku supports airplay now so you can airplay from your uh, iphone or your ipads to the tv oh oh, and roku has an app so you can actually use your phone or your ipad as the remote if you want to and they have a new one that you can talk to yeah you just push a button on the side now you know my tv is roku but i bought it like i don't know a year and a half ago two years ago and it didn't come with the the talkie remote, so I went and bought one, and it works fine. It, yep. it was backwards compatible. So, and here's the thing: a four to five hundred dollar TV now will give you an amazing picture quality. 
Yeah. And let's be honest. Okay, well, Sony's going to last longer. Okay, let's say the Sony would have lasted five years. And the whatever, LG only lasts... No, the Sony will last 10 years. And the LG only lasts five years. So why not get the Sony? Because in five years, you get a brand new TV with a whole lot of new features. Yeah. Uh, I'm just doing a quick search on Amazon. Because I kind of... I don't know. Um, Roku TV... That's all I typed in. Roku TV, um, forty inch, two fifty nine. This is a TCL. Uh, here's a fifty inch class four, four K UHD smart Roku LED TV, twenty twenty one model. You ready for this, David? It's this cool. one inch bigger than what he's requesting. Yep, three ninety eight with free delivery. There you go. Four. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Could you imagine taking this 50-inch TV that weighs like seven pounds, if that, right? Taking this with a wall mount back to 1985 and mounting it in someone's house, they would shit themselves. <laughs> like, oh my God, what does this thing cost? Like what, $1.5 million? Are you kidding? <laughs> you can't have something that big. Here's a T- TCL. Um smart android tv which i wouldn't go with i would definitely get the roku yeah. but 379 i mean yeah no i am I'm, I'm seeing the tcl one here the google one um 319 pounds here for I'm, 43 yeah inch. it's just yeah don't get the sony it's yeah. you're buying it for the, the name brand not the quality if, anymore if, when you're it comes an, to sony. if you're an amazon person you can get uh, a jvc fire tv built in yeah Yep, no, and should, Fire TV works really well thing. as well. And yeah. Fire TV will also give you all the apps. Yeah. So there's way better solutions than spending $1,000 on a Sony unit that no, yeah. look, it's dubious be, on you wrong. getting the, the thousand, that much The $1,000 TV will look absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But the thing is, the difference between the $400 TV and the $1,000 TV yeah, is how much of a connoisseur are you or maybe Mrs. Nemo going to be to actually tell the difference are you going to be able to see that six once you get to 4k and uhd though even on the the 400 tv i i would argue that almost no normal yeah. human can tell the difference well especially, especially when it comes to black lighting and yeah and bleed and especially people at our age maybe no, you've yeah. got if you've got you and know, nemo's older than we are so yeah and, and and no no slight on you john but at the end of the day we're not in our 20s with 2020 vision anymore no so <laughs> you know what I find the best thing to do to clean up the picture on my TV is clean my glasses. <laughs> that, that does help. That really does. Um, yeah, there are expensive ones out there, but I mean, when you get to the $1,000 mark, John, um, there's a 75-inch 5K, 4K, UHD, Dolby Vision, HDR, QLED, Roku Smart TV for 1200 bucks. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I... Is the quality as good? I don't. I don't know what makes the Sony quality very good. The remotes are terrible. I will tell you that Sony has the worst remotes. Um, the new Roku remotes actually has an Apple TV button. It has dedicated buttons. Yeah. There's a back button, a home button, the D-pad, and then smart. You know, pause, go forward, go back, um, and then some smart buttons like Hulu, Netflix. It's it's a no-brainer at this point, John. The reason we don't talk about TVs much on here anymore is because it's over. 
it's over. Yeah. You can get a 50 inch TV for 400 bucks shipped directly to you for free that it doesn't take eight people to move it. It takes a 13 year old to move this TV. Oh yeah. They are, they are definitely mean, so light. I've, I've done, I mean, I've done that. I've moved TVs around the house, moved them outside, that sort of thing. I mean, it, yeah, it used to be that you needed two people minimum to yeah. shift a TV, even an inch. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you, you used to hate it anytime you had to plug anything in the back of it because you knew it was a big job. But now you can just put the thing under your arm, walk around the house with it, yeah. and oh, find no you smash it on anything. Yeah. You're, you're and, I, and I would say it, it's totally worth it to get a wall mount um, for your TV. Don't stick it on yeah. something that's a big piece of yeah. Fun. Just so, hang it on the wall. They do. They weigh nothing. You can get the angle yeah. exactly right. And and if you're if you're worried about that, I mean, some of us are worried about putting things on the walls that might drop off and smash the expensive thing. Is say take some of the money you've saved on the thousand dollars and get a guy to come in and wall mount it for you. Yeah. You know, and they'll put it exactly where you want it. It'll make sure it won't come off. He'll, yep. You know, probably and hide those mounts are universal, trunking and so stuff like that. Yeah. It, it is, these mounts are universal. They haven't changed in, you know, eight, nine years at this point. And I don't think they're going to anytime soon because when you replace this TV, if you ever have to, it'll mount right to your existing wall mount. I mean, it'll just pop right on. No problem. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. I think it's David's as well. Save your money, John. Um, or do like uh, David here. He is selling his last Mac. What's going on with that? <laughs> You're selling your last Mac. Yeah, my my uh, the only Mac I own now is my M1 MacBook Air. Yeah, um, and great machine, um, a fabulous fabulous machine. As I have said before, it's, it is literally the best Mac I've ever owned. But the thing is, is that I use it once a week, and you know what I do with it that once a week? I take the audio from the show, I convert it to MP3, and I upload it to Dropbox. And that's only because I have an Apple workflow that I that I built for that many years ago. I don't need it for anything else. And, you know, it's a waste. A machine of that quality and power just sat there doing that job every week when I could do it on one of the many Windows computers I've got around here, which I have to have because it's what I do for my job. It's different. It was different years ago when our IT policies at work were lax, more lax. Um, and we could kind of, you know, particularly somebody like me knew what I was doing. We could use our own computers. So I had a, a, I had a Mac Pro on, at my desk at work and I used a, a portable Mac when I traveled around. And I had my, my corporate Windows machine and I hardly ever used it. But now we can't do that anymore. Our security policies are such we have to use the machines we're given. Um, and I have two Windows machines here. I have one for the work I do for... Which is too bad because the Mac would actually yeah. be way more secure in a... Um, well, you know what, I'm not, like I'm not really sure that's the case anymore. Uh, I, I think, you know, from, from dealing with... Obviously, I'm looking after a lot of the security for our Windows estate. I don't, I don't think... If you have a machine that's locked down, that's running proper group policy and, and everything like that, I'm not sure that's so much the case as it used to be. But the point is, is it is it's 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 close enough that you can argue about it. Whereas before, it never used to be. Yeah. And and the reality is, is that is that I use Windows all the time for work, which means, I you know, and and then and then at home most of the time I'm using my iPad, so I, the Mac just really doesn't fit in anymore. And um, well, it's not a bad no. thing though. I mean, you know, our technology needs change. I use a PC all day at work. But I'm also using my phone all day at work, which yeah. integrates via the cloud to what I'm doing on the desktop, which is a PC. When I'm home, it's an iMac with a secondary screen. Um, but for the vast majority of the stuff that I do, except maybe editing the show, 
uh, I can do on anything. My exactly. my yeah. my uh, Plex server and my gaming stuff is all PC based now. Yeah. All my storage, the heavy duty storage, is all on the PC. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's a different world than when we started Tech Fan, or even going farther back when I started the MyMac podcast. Yeah. It's a different world because so so much of what we do as well is in the cloud now yeah um the data's in the cloud anyway and like you say you can access that via a web browser you can access it via an app on your phone or in your ipad you know the mac is is don't get me wrong it's a great platform i love it though i don't love it as much as i used to because you know I, i'm kind of getting annoyed with the change for changes sake that's seeping into mac os at the moment yeah but the reality is is i could live with that if i was using the mac all the time but i'm not and so I've just come to the point that, that having a desktop or, or a laptop Mac is just, it's just a waste of money for me. And, uh, you know, I'd rather move the machine on while it has some value in it. So that is what I'm doing. So uh, there you go. How much are you going to sell it for? I think I, I paid, um, it was it was the entry-level um, yep. MacBook Air. So I paid 1000 for it. And I'll probably get 750 for it. So, Easy, uh, yeah. You know, um I, I think that's that you know whereas if i leave it a couple of, well certainly if i leave it until the next generation of m1 is released that will drop its value even more well actually, windows 10 and soon to be windows 11 which i'd still like to play with i just haven't gotten around to setting up a developer account and downloading it and installing it uh, um, at this point it's coming out october 5th i wouldn't even yeah i'm not just yeah, wait, exactly. wait for the release i am so. i am yeah um at this point they're so other than you can get a virus and you can get malware way easier on a windows home unit than you can a mac um it's hard for me to continue to recommend oh you got to get a mac oh if it's going to be you should just get a mac um if they're a newbie computer user yes get a mac but who's a newbie computer user anymore well not only that the newbie computer user then the question then becomes would they be better with an ipad or maybe a chromebook yeah you know, yep. because actually that's where they're going to spend most of their time anyway. Um, Online, checking email, yeah, looking exactly. at Facebook, watching some movies, looking at some news sites. You know, I mean, you could even argue that the the laptop or desktop Windows PC is very much a dying breed. I mean, yep. it's it's weighed up by the fact the PC is weighed up by the fact that so many people in corporates use it and need yep. to keep on using it because of the things we do. Uh, and laptops are popular there because you have to travel and you have to be able to work offline and that sort of thing. But um, the reality is, is that is that the combination of the cloud and these lower impact dedicated devices means that that over time it's becoming less and less important to have a, a you know a full operating system. And I, I've got to be honest with you, since I bought um, the Apple uh, keyboard folio cover for my iPad, so I've always got a keyboard folded into it. Yep. I, I use the iPad even more than before because now I've got a keyboard there all the time. And that that's a bit of a game changer. It makes it really much more useful. And so that has become effectively my predominant home computer. And uh, if I could if I could process the podcast on my iPad if I wanted to do that, but it would just take me longer than doing it on a on a regular computer. That's one of the few areas well, a where, friend of mine, where computers um, have an have an advantage. A friend of mine named Alex just uh his wife wanted a new laptop. I just had a new baby. So yeah. um, she wanted a new laptop. They had quite a, a bit older of a MacBook Air or MacBook Pro. And instead, they went with the new um, iPad Pro with mm-hmm. the M1 chip in it. Yeah. And he said the speed difference between that and his laptop is laughable. 
Yeah. You know, he was he brought some video into it and did some video editing in GarageBand. He says it was amazing. It was so much better than anything he's experienced before. So I guess if anybody's going to cannibalize Apple's laptop business, it might as well be Apple with their uh, MacBook Mac or uh, uh, iPads. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We'd love to get feedback from you guys. It's real easy to do. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. You can also go to techfanpodcast.com online or mymac.com online and leave us feedback that way and we are on the facebook and the twitter we're at tech fan podcast on both of them david will be back next week with a geeks pub <coughs> this is a weird thing for me to say it's a brand new marvel movie i'm dying to see it but i just don't know if i want to go to a theater in disney and all their infinite wisdom decided they're not going to release it digital day to day. It's you have to go to the movie theater mm, when yeah. COVID is starting to spike again. That's, which that's known as the Scarlett Johansson effect. Yeah, so I'd love to give you money, Disney. I would. I'd be happy to spend thirty bucks to buy the movie early on Disney Plus. But you're not giving me that option. And well, I quite hope, honestly, I don't want yeah, to go to a movie theater right now. No, I understand that. And to be honest with you, I hope they take that decision because they realize they they don't want to stiff the uh, players in in the uh, Shang-Chi movie the way they've stiffed um, other people. That's the only re- it's a business decision but you know what they're, they're getting stiffed because a lot less people like me who are big fans of your product aren't going to see it until months from now probably because we don't want to go to a movie theater. Yeah. There is still a pandemic going on and I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah no I completely agree with you. Uh, I'm in the same position. Nope. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. David, I'll see you next week over on the Geek's Pub. See you then.